Welcome to the Inspiring Leadership podcast series. This is aimed for you aspiring leaders, whatever level you're at, whether you're beginning out in your careers as managers and leaders, whether you're in middle ranking roles, or whether you're CEOs and chairman of boards, there's always something we can all learn. And it's particularly the skills, stories, tips and techniques that you can pass on to those you lead and your teams. Hello, I'm Jonathan Bowman-Perks and welcome back to my favourite time of the week. And I'm very lucky to have a good friend of mine, Mike Still. Uh, Mike, I've always admired uh, as a coach, as a mentor, as an advisor. He advises the Prince of Wales as part of uh, the work he does with Prince of Wales' trust. But also, Mike's got an amazing background. Um, He's really dedicated his career to um, helping others succeed, I think is the way it would be described. Began Life Boy Scouts and a lot of work in there. Aon, MD for Scotland, Marsh uh, in UK and Ireland as an MD role. And the Young Presence Organization, YPO, which is very well respected and regarded for the, the leadership development they do to create better leaders. So a huge broad view over the 35 years of experience that Mike has accumulated and the advice that he's giving people now. So Mike, welcome. Great to Thank have you, you here. Um, Mike, what would you perhaps like to talk about as far as inspiring leadership goes and, and who's inspired you over the years and the people you've met, who you've learned from? So, so I think the, the key message there is, is trying to make sure that you understand not just who they were, but, but why, because that's the best take-home value for everybody that's listening in. So for me, probably the, the key people that inspired me in the early days would be my mother and father. Mum helped me be independent. She was a nurse, taught me how to look after myself, all of that sort of stuff. And my dad was a PE teacher and a top sports guy. And he helped me understand people, psychology, behavior, and about performance. So that was good. Further through the ranks, you talk about the Boy Scouts. Again, a chap called Bill Guthrie. He helped me really open my eyes to lots of different things through the Scout movement and helping um, everybody, me to grow, but them to grow. And then further through the ranks is a, um, a, my bank manager, a guy called David Kidd. He supported a lot of us through a youth club in, um, in Edinburgh and, and a lot of stuff that came on the back of that. And then really surrounding yourself with good people in different areas of walks of life and leadership positions right the way through life. And through the YPO network that you mentioned, I've been exceptionally lucky that I've got to meet some phenomenal business leaders that have given me significant insight and overview and, and mainly challenged some of my thinking and opinions. So, you know, to people like De Klerk that obviously worked with um, Mandela and Desmond Tutu, um, big decisions there. I've met him twice and some great insight from there. But leaders come at all levels. So again, um, speaking to people from all walks of life, I think make a big difference and give you different perspectives and understanding. But all of them, I think, are underpinned with one word, which is empathy. And I think if you have that empathy and understanding, mm. it positions you well to lead and coach. And I think leadership <clears throat> isn't about an ivory tower. I think it's around um, just helping everybody in the community you're in. And you have a responsibility to help people develop to become the best they can be, support them in the hard times, 
coach them and develop them there um, to be better and also in the good times help them accelerate but also spread the good word as well so that learning goes um, way beyond. And in fact that's one thing that many people myself included admire you for is you've, you've given a huge amount back to the community whether it be from scouting all the way up charities and a lot of the work that you do um, in Scotland and, and, and around the place. In, in charitable work that you've done, there's always the danger you give so much you don't look after yourself. And I think that's always something we have to watch for. But, but what would you, what sticks with you about inspiring people in, in charitable causes and, and community things? So I think without, without people putting something back in, society can't exist in the best environment that it, that it could do. And everybody would be selfish and a lot of things wouldn't happen and the divide between rich and poor would get greater, between healthy and unhealthy would get greater, etc. So for me, it's really important that everybody puts a little bit back in. I think to be authentic, you should do it only in charities that, that align to the things you're interested in and that can change over time. So it could be the, the Cubs or Scouts when your children are young. It could be um, supporting the Prince's Trust, that type of thing, as, you're, as if you've got a big interest in supporting young people. Or it could be in the arts, um, as you know, a lot of people in the, the, the older stage of life want to support some of those things. But to be authentic, it has to be something that you really care about. So again, I did an awful lot of stuff with business and community, and that was great because it was looking at resilience, it was looking at um, environment, it was looking at lots of stuff there to do with community and having business and the community working together and and, and again for, for a lot of the stuff I did um, it was a great organisation to or it is a great organisation to support and the, the work I did with it was important. And I love the expression you use about th 35 years in experience, do you want to just tell, tell people about that one? So I, I lear lifelong learning is, is probably the thing that underpins an awful lot of what I do. So whether it's been coming up through the ranks with um, the, with the insurance world or whether it's the Young Presidents organisation, um, lifelong learning is critical. <clears throat> and rather than having one year repeated 35 times, I've always tried to be learning and, and changing everything I do and do, doing things differently. So I have 35 years of experience rather than one year repeated 35 times. And often if someone is, is um, isolated in terms of the environment they work in, in the organisation, the division, um, they will have a one-dimensional view. Yeah. And I think one of the, the things that I encourage every leader of every business to have is surround themselves with different perspectives, whether it's business or charity or community or whatever it is, health, well-being, sport, just get different perspectives. And that yeah. really allows you to open your eyes to, again, that word empathy and, and, and different perspectives. Yeah, and, and um, in our last few minutes, um, I wanted to turn on to, you know, your experience and your background is about risk and uh, how you cope with mistakes and problems. Uh, what, would, what would you bring as a story of when you got things wrong and, uh, and, and how that shaped you as a leader learning from that? So, so right, I mean, again, um, for, for various reasons, I'm always trying to push myself probably too hard. Um, and that's the chip on my shoulder that I bear. But the, the, the biggest mistakes for me generally have been I'm running too fast and wanting and having expectations on others that are probably unreasonable. But I often have more information than they have around, you know, why it has to be done, the financial position. And certainly over the years in business, if you don't achieve certain aspects of financial performance, 
that can lead to downsizing, redundancies or, or reorganizations. And certainly for me, that's been the worst time in my life is ever having to do that type of thing mm. where you're, you're changing people's lives through fundamentally something that they they don't have control over or they've yeah. done nothing wrong. That's and, and it's that balance of pushing them hard enough to achieve the results, but not pushing them hard enough. And therefore the, the consequences are significant. Mm. And I find that sometimes difficult, still learning, still push people too hard. But part of that is the passion for success. Yeah. And, and finally, top tip. What would be your top tip that you'd give leaders out there who are, are listening today? So for me, um, the, the best one is, again, back to that word empathy. In every situation you find yourself in, there's at least three perspectives that you should consider. Your own one, which you'll know pretty quickly based on all your years of experience and years of prejudice um, and, and mis misperception. There is the opposition um, or the opposing view in terms of it. So if you really try and take time to empathize and understand what they're talking about and where they're positioned from, that will help. And then the important other one is that, that view from the helicopter or the video camera looking completely independent with no prejudice, no perspective, just absolutely a photograph and that description and if you can put those three views together you will be in a position to make better more informed decisions that will be better you won't get them right all the time but again that ability to have an open mind to things will allow you when you do get it wrong even with that approach to then stop challenge and choose again and again with the new information so you know reflect on it stop um, challenge all your thinking and then choose the outcome based on a well-informed three-way perspective. That would be my advice. Brilliant advice. Mike, thank you. It's been thank great you having much. you here. Pleasure. And, uh, thank good you. luck in continuing to give wise advice to people on risk and a whole variety of things. And Always a team effort. Always a team effort. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Cheers. So I'm Jonathan Bowman Perks and welcome back to Inspiring Leadership Extra and I'm with Mike Still. Uh, Mike, we're just talk talking about the, sort of the topic of inspiring leadership, some of the tips and techniques you've had over the years, sort of lessons you've learned from your life. Tell us a bit about your life really and, and how this has shaped you. You talked about both your parents being very influential. What were the kind of values that they had that they brought you up with? So yeah, it's a, so start, starting off, you know, in terms of the family background, mum was a nurse, and, and again, um, when she gave up her nursing career and then went back to work after my sister and I were born, and went, looked after handicapped children. So again, that that we used to go and help out at holiday times and stuff like that, and that was a, a great insight in terms of uh, another perspective, another learning. So a lot a lot of stuff um, learned on that. Dad was heavily involved in PE, the PE teacher, and uh, again, um, a lot of his life was around about education, was um, telling good stories and asking outstanding questions to create um, learning through um, experiential sort of sharing. And that, that again, um, has sort of lived with me a long time in terms of different things there. So I started with this. Just, just staying yep. with that, because you got, you got on the mum's side, you've got this non-judgmental view of people who are different from you and treating them with respect and care and dignity. And then father with the sort of Socratic questioning, the human psychology, which I can see why you've melded the two together in the work you've been doing over the last few years, really. 
Yeah, so I mean, even if you go back there in terms of early stages, you know, being being uh, being able to be self sufficient was really important. So you know, learning how to cook, how to clean, how to sew, all of that sort of stuff, stuff you get in the army as well. Yeah. Um, the uh, and then from my dad's point of view, in terms of performance, health, well being, all of that sort of stuff linking together, and 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 you know, he was top in terms of table tennis. Oh, really? And and. and a lot of the stuff there you, you know, was absolutely driven by um, being dedicated and committed to sort of doing absolutely doing your best, but fundamentally underpinned by having fun. So you know, work hard, play hard, put something back in, but for God's sake, make sure what you're doing is fun, because you know, you're a long time dead. Yeah, yeah, and, and you certainly made sort of fun part of what you do because you had to go at almost everything, don't you? I mean, when I look at your LinkedIn profile, I do encourage you all to have a look at Mike Still's LinkedIn profile. There's just such a wealth of different things you've done. Has there has there been a common thread that runs through it all, all the different things you've done? Um, I, I, I. I th- it's interesting. A thirst for knowledge. Yeah. So you know, I, I I am really interested to learn and understand perspectives in different things. So, um, you know, thing, things like in my early days, in, in the insurance broking world, I I was responsible for insuring a lot of vehicles. So mm. one of my clients said to me, "Right, Mike, you know, you you really can't do this properly unless you know how to drive a truck. So go and get your medical, go and get your provisional HTV license, mm. and I will teach you how to drive a you know fully laden in those days thirty eight ton Arctic." <laughs> so I went down every weekend and and learned to drive one of these things. So I had a very different perspective. Again, um, spending times in, in in the businesses that I used to look after for all their insurance, I would immerse myself in understanding the customer the client's business because that way I was able to um, really understand and empathize with them and the issues that they had the barriers but the other one was actually bringing all the different perspectives together so whether it was a, a, a legal business an accountancy business a construction business a, a haulage business having perspectives of all of them were always underpinned by generally one thing which was people are at the heart of it whether it's people employees or people customers or people yeah. suppliers it's so much is related to people and you know um, that that bit was really really important uh, and on the people's side you've always been a great raconteur and storyteller but but telling stories with a message behind them what's just what's some of the stories that come to mind about uh, the things you've learned over the years perhaps about you were talking earlier about risk I love that one about about compliance you know the, the people so, in compliance and, and yeah how. so so yeah so I mean the, the world of risk or like like many things is sort of a yin and yang of opposing forces and if you, if you start with the premises if you want no risk in business well you don't have a business um, and again, the, the aspect there, if you, if you look at some of the people that are trying to avoid risks, you know, those in compliance and those in regulation, et cetera, um, th- their starting premise would be is if you had no customers, then there wouldn't be a risk. So how do you make sure that you de-risk it to a point? A business cannot exist without some form of risk, otherwise there wouldn't be a reward that goes with it. Mm. And again, um, one of the things I used to lead out a lot on in my early days was saying, um, you know, risk and reward are, are absolutely two parts that are joined together in business. Mm. Uh, if you take unnecessary risk, you might get reward, but it's probably not sustainable. And yeah. that's like everything. So it's the same now you're looking at the environment and you're looking at the different things that are going on now. You've got to balance the, the, the risk and reward. Again, looking at things 
things like plastic. Um, you know, everybody is looking at ways to remove plastic, but actually the unintended consequences, the carbon footprint of glass and some and some of the paper ones are actually significantly higher. So the idea would be is, you know, could you could you know could you come up with something that had the carbon footprint of plastic but or a plastic that didn't have all the the bad qualities that people don't want? So um, in, in every walk of life there is that that the opposing force, the yin and yang of good and bad, the yin and yang of risk and reward. Yeah. And, and risk and reward, we were talking before about um, the pendulum and how it swings back and forth. And at the moment, in some ways, you, you had the view, and I, I tend to share it, that it is important we get things right, but political correctness can, be, can get to extremists where people are afraid of doing things, you know, from the risk point of view. Uh, you know, what's, what's been your experience and what would be your advice you'd share on, on that? Well, I, I, the, the world is very fast to judge everybody, and particularly so nowadays with social media and the bits and pieces there. And again, um, you know, back back to the the aspect of of, of understanding other other views. And I, I give you the example. You know, in the early days, I didn't understand anything about sort of the transgender environment because why would I? Because I didn't know anybody. You then meet someone that is transgender. You understand their story, and then you can suddenly empathise that they are a human being the same as everybody else. And that was done through a Princess Trust um, event, which was outstanding. And you know, so my my counsel there is. Um, the amount of people that jump to conclusions and are quick to judge without actually going and understanding and educating. And we see this happen in so many occasions. As I say, my, one of my LinkedIn articles is around that aspect of understanding and inclusion. And if, if you are quick to judge and, and um, criticise people, quite often that fuels the other person's prejudice even further. Whereas actually, if you spent time to educate and communicate, then things can be done um, significantly better. Um, at least then you've got an informed opinion. Mm. You may still make a decision that people don't agree with, but at least it's an informed one as opposed to uninformed, which you know is a, is a guess or a punt or brings all your prejudices out um, that are unknown prejudices. And, yeah. and I think you know, it, you know it's important there to have that perspective where you can get it. And that's back to your point you were making earlier about uh, in, in the earlier conversation about first person, your own perspective the second person, the other person's perspective and really understanding it to their yeah. satisfaction. And the third person of being an impartial person, almost taking a photograph of it or a yeah. video of it and then giving your view. Yeah, I, I, I do think it, I personally find, um, I constantly catch myself being judgmental. You have to have good judgment, but don't be judgmental. Uh, and and I find being judgmental slips in and it's, it's invidious. You don't almost notice it. And you're like, you've got to try and, make a call on something, but then you're categorizing someone and labeling them. And labels, of course, are so dangerous, aren't they? Absolutely. But also, but, but also as well, um, if everybody was the same, then everybody would be the same and you wouldn't have innovation, you wouldn't have alternative thinking, you wouldn't have different you know, things. So sometimes someone being extreme or an extremist brings out a balance or a counterbalance in society, sometimes with regulation, sometimes with law, sometimes with change of of, of, of environment. And again, you know, one of the other the, the early ones is, you know, being a leader and, and having a, a lot of mums and, and, and ladies in your in your team. 
if you are not a parent, it's really hard to understand how difficult it is when you've got kids. And when I inherited a, um, a five-year-old stepson, um, when I when um, I got married, you know, my eyes were opened as to how difficult it was, and I had to go and apologise to you know, particularly one um, one of my female colleagues um, because you know I I just didn't understand and couldn't couldn't understand mm. um, in terms of how difficult it was. So it made a big big difference. Yeah. I- I think um, understanding other people's points of view and, and particularly being a parent or like me, I, I'm also uh, you know stepfather to to a couple of children as well who are who are in their mid to late twenties. And you, you've just got to understand different point of view, different background, different cultures. And they don't uh, make a rule book and, no. and a guidebook for, oh, for, for, for the for dads that guide guide to dads or the guide to mums or stepdads or stepmums. I'm sure someone would make a lot of money on that. Perhaps there is one. What other stories would you want to share and uh, you know, things that you've found useful as, as a leader, either that you've, you've got right or you've got wrong or you've seen someone get right and you want to pass on that wisdom to, to others who will be, be listening to the podcast? I, th- I, th- I think... Um, what fundamentally what drives leaders in so many ways to 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 do things that often others couldn't achieve and and, and for a lot of them it's this embedded fear of failure or absolute need for for continuous winning and success and you know as as you get older and as as sort of um, end of end of life or other things become more aware you're in an environment where more more people are aging and dying around about you as, as we all get older your, your perspectives change a little bit so it, you know it's that bit of um you know i keep coming back to work hard play hard and put something back in um and 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 sometimes the um the, the that that aspect of not playing enough or not putting something back in enough, um, those those change as ages and stages in your life. So I think to, to have a fulfilled life, you want to leave some sort of legacy and that legacy just could be through your children or it could be through society or something that you've done mm-hmm. or you've left. And you know, there's many things that lots of people do and they, they don't blow the trumpet about it and they're quite happy that it's, it's just a difference. They know about it, a few people know about it and that's great. But I, I think, you know, Overcoming that fear of failure, um, and, and and really for for many leaders is understanding that chip on your shoulder, and being able to be aware of it and then manage it because sometimes it's very very difficult for 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 people to manage that. I think is is is, is good, and that's what I think. You know, it, the the YPO environment is fantastic, where the CEOs come together and share ideas, support each other, challenge each other in a in a supportive and very confidential and and trusting environment is 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 great. But it's that aspect of really understanding yourself and surrounding yourself with people that will be helpful, but but will call it out and not just be, because again, so often in business, you surround yourselves with non-execs or you surround yourselves with people that will tell you what they think you want to hear and not actually call it out in the manner that is right. And even if you call it out and it's wrong, it's your perspective and view, and what you may well be, do is create a catalyst for more discussion. Yeah. So I think you know anyone that doesn't have a coach, anyone that doesn't have mentors, um, you know, have those people round about you. I think makes a huge, huge difference. Yeah. But 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 get as many perspectives, and 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 particularly where there's something you disagree with, go and really understand the perspective of the people or the things you disagree with. You can then make a far more informed discussion 
and a far more informed decision around you know those those things as opposed to being a bit blind and, and, and fuel some of the prejudices that you have yourself and and also the views and the culture and and the the things that you you are you known for or the you know people people look at you and have that view yeah and there's a number of things from those great points that you you make mike um and one of them is, I think, is what I call the over-anxious overachievers. You, you talk about people being very driven, and many of the uh, CEOs that you work with or that I work with, and many of the successful leaders, they're successful because almost because they're unreasonable. You know, they're unreasonable men and women expecting very high standards, um, and people sometimes to achieve them. So they then expect next again. And, and it's that fine line between how unreasonable can you be or how driven can you be without destroying the people who work for you. And uh, the over-anxious overachievers seem to get into the highest, the highest roles. And those who are actually quite happy with their lot and don't really have an awful lot of drive are happy in, in more middle-ranking and more junior roles. But you have to ask yourself the question, who's the happy one? Is, it, is, what's, is the worth money or, or is it... Fulfillment, satisfaction. Do you have yeah. a view? Well, it's an interesting one because very recently, um, my perception would have been that those that have the biggest money worries and those that have the biggest stresses and pressures on them are the people um, with with the lesser amounts of money. But again, um, Salary Finance are a great organisation that's helping um, people to have you know have a bit more money in the bank and help them. Um, the report that they produced recently highlighted that there is sort of two big peaks um, in terms of, of, of expectation, um, in terms of stress and people that, that put themselves under in terms of that sort of stuff. One is at a lower level, sort of around about the, I think it was the 15, 20,000 pounds a year mark where um, you know they're just looking to try and survive. And then the other one is where you get above a Hundred and fifty thousand, where they're they're looking at it and they're saying, you know, it's it almost keeping up with the Joneses yeah. and the pressures that that, that 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 prevails. And again, it's a, it's certainly a report worth having a look at because it gives you a good insight um, in terms of sort of self and others around you um, there. But the, there's there's so many different areas that you keep learning on and and. Th- particularly about pushing yourself too hard and whether it's in sport and you look at the burnout that some of the sports people yeah. have you look at them um, senior executives and the burnout that they have and it's, it's that combination of wanting to perform fear of failure or not wanting to you know be in a losing a losing side or being in a losing team or, 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 or whatever yeah. and it, it's it's an immensely hard position to get that right all the time and if you look at some of the highly successful organizations um that they've got high and and again i think it reminds me there of some of the work of um mark price uh lord price and around Mm. engaging works his stuff there about making sure everybody is happy and having a happy workforce i think is absolutely fantastic and you know, if we could get that, if we could just get that right, and it's really difficult to get yeah. right because if you have them all happy and the business isn't performing at its greatest, and it, and and there will be a line, as I said there, of the yin and yang of of reward and and um, and and risk, and also happiness and and performance. So it's a, it's it's a very you know it's it, it's hard, but you know with the work of Mark and other people like that, the what you're doing, mm. uh, I I, th- I think the world will get to a better place. And but it's it the so much learning and an often often a lot of it from mistakes, and particularly me, you know I'm 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 you know I I I push people or have pushed people very hard in the past, and you know always with the best of intentions, but not often from their perspective 
um, or then they, they see it that way and you know maybe I've got it wrong in fact I definitely have got it wrong in a number yeah. of occasions over the over the 35 years um, but yeah it's the, the, the more that you can do to empathise and understand and support and particularly nowadays as, as people are looking at the, the happiness in the workplace and the um, the health and well-being and mental health and all that stuff the, the things that are coming through there we all go through peaks and troughs in terms of where our mental state is and our health is and I think that's really, really important. Which brings me nicely on to health. And, uh, you, you know, you turned 50 a couple of years ago and had quite a shock to the system. Do you want to just tell the, the listeners what happened to you and, and how it's changed your life? So um, I, I'm, I'm quite happy talking about it generally because the main one is I, I want everybody to go off and get tested, particularly the, the, the chaps that are listening. But I suppose it'd be the same for, for women that have... Um, equivalent things so uh, um, a couple of years ago I was diagnosed through picked up in a medical prostate cancer caught really early being managed through surveillance um, but each quarter I go and get a, a blood test each every six months go and see the consultant and you just have to get on with it and and, and try to overcome it but you know you have some pretty crappy days um, where you've got you know a blood test that's not quite what you wanted and uh, it takes a little bit of reassurance from the consultant to get you back on the on the level pegging but you know I, I, I never I did some work with um, Chris Moon a number of years ago, another great um, guy, and it was all about don't be the victim. And again, his book's very good, worth a read. But um, if, you, if you think you're being, um, you know, the, um, downtrodden or various other bits, you know, mm. to try try not to be the victim and, and, and learn from it. But it, it, allowed, it, it, it caused me to reflect on a lot of things in my life and a lot of the reprioritizations. Um, but again, conversely, my, my dad, 25 years ago, was diagnosed with prostate cancer. He had his operated on and he's now, you know, 84, still playing table tennis and squash and stuff like that right. and, 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 and pretty pretty fit. Um, but um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big shock to the system, but it's one that you just you know you've got like many things that hit you over life good that you know you get good days and bad days you just got to pick yourself up but my, but my advice there is the same as all things in health whether it's whether it's your weight whether it's your your diet whether you know whether it's cancer um there's so much good stuff that can be done if you catch these things early so you know um work hard play hard um put something back in but also um everything in moderation is another phrase that my old man oh. used to say uh, or does say a lot is is is, is important and uh, you know, if you live life on an extreme, then it's going to catch up with you. So you know, have have that balance. And I've, yeah. I've changed my lifestyle um, quite a bit since then. I, you know, I don't drink as much. I try to cut down as much on the sugar and drink a lot more green tea and various other things there. But I take the advice that the good people and the experts in that sector do. And you know, whatever you're faced with, I think if you know, take take good advice. There's lots of good stuff out there. Um, but you try, but you know, you have to put it in balance. If I, if I lived in a um, uh, an isolated life of not not taking any risks, I would be dull and boring. And uh, I like to I like to have a bit of fun as well. So um, you know, I, I ain't a um, I, I ain't a saint in terms of doing everything right. But mm. um, I, it certainly has changed some of my thinking and some of the things that I do differently. But um, you know, my my big advice is is chat about these things but encourage people to go and get tests because if you catch them early there's a lot you can do if you catch it late um it's pretty tough yeah and and, and as we come towards the end of our time i was wondering if there's any further tips on leadership and you know things that practically people who are listening whether they're ceos themselves or chairman or even they're you know young 
men and women who are aspiring to become successful leaders, what, what couple of tips would you leave them with? So I think number one that's relevant to everybody is keep learning. Um, number two is keep an open mind. Um, and then I think the, the, the other aspects for the younger ones is, you know, if, if you want to succeed and come up through the ranks, with it comes lots of responsibility. And you've got to be prepared to sacrifice stuff to achieve. And, I, and, and, and therefore, it, um, if, if you set your expectations high and aren't prepared to put the work in and the contribution to society to get all the things aligned to mean that you are skillful in those areas, then you will be, um, you will probably fail um, or you won't be very good at the job mm. and therefore um, people won't respect you and value you as you go. In terms of those sort of further on, I think it's the, the hardest bit I found moving from being full-time executive into the sort of non-exec and the other portfolio of, of stuff it was that transition from working really hard. And every time I wasn't busy, I felt immensely guilty that mm. I should be mm. working harder, putting more things back in. And, and you know, it, it's, it's, it's creating that very good plan to make sure that you cope with the change and the planning of it. Because, you know, in an executive world, you're very good at planning and, and implementing plans. But when you stop being in that world, I think many people don't have a plan um, and, and therefore the transition is exceptionally difficult. And I think having some hobbies you want to do, having some people you want to do these things with mm. certainly makes it easy. But yeah, for me, the hardest thing was that was the guilt of not being flat out busy all the yeah. time. Yeah. And, and you know, that I, I found that immensely difficult in terms of a transition, having worked so hard mm. every day every day for 35 years yeah. and you know even when on holiday and never really switched off etc so, mm. so it, it, that that balance is, imp is important but lifelong learning and understand the other person's perspective and you know work hard play hard put something back in i think is, is really um, makes uh, makes a good person um, irrespective of where your background is what you're doing and where you're trying to get to great advice mike Thank you very much indeed. I wish you every success in the future. Um, thank you, and a both pleasure. your health and your career and the advice you give. But thank you for sharing your wisdom. Much appreciated. So, now you've heard from one of the inspiring leaders that I've interviewed, what are you going to do next? If you want to get some more free material, go to my website, jonathanperks.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Jonathan Bowman Perks. And there you can get access to my books, uh, Inspiring Leadership and Top Tips for Inspiring Leaders. But if you want to actually do something about being a leader and constantly improving your game, raising your performance, get in touch with me about coaching you or one of your team that you want to raise the game for them. It's got to be people who want to be good to great, not people who you're trying to fire. And if you're looking for a motivational speaker, get in touch. Or if you want me to work with your team coach, I would be delighted to help you.